Welcome to Naomi's Table, a Bible study podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Spreeman. Check out all the Bible studies at Naomi'sTable.com. Now here's teacher Beth Seifert with today's lesson in 2 Corinthians. So pull up a chair, open your Bibles, and let's begin. Welcome back to our study in the book of 2 Corinthians, ladies. Today we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I've titled this lesson, Day 15, Giving for the Glory of God. Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated, to say nothing of you, for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction." The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Paul, after boasting about the Macedonians to the Corinthians, tells them, He's also boasted about the Corinthians to the Macedonians. Paul boasted about the readiness of the people of Achaia, the place where Corinth was lo located, to give from ages a year past. They had acted immediately. They had money to share, and they gathered it fast, apparently individually, and were ready way ahead of the deadline. Paul urges them to demonstrate the truth of his boast when the money is actually collected and given to the ones who will deliver it. To be joyful as they give this money that they've prepared. To be zealous about the gospel work being done through this gift, the taking care of God's people who are in need. The money has already been set aside, so Paul urges them to have it all ready and waiting for the ones who will come for it, not as an obligation, but as a gift to be given. 
the Macedonians, in their abject poverty, had begged to help with the contribution. If the Corinthians aren't ready, for whatever reason, in their affluence, there will be shame and humiliation for both Paul and the Corinthians. Now that may sound strange, but to be honest, I have seen that happen where, for example, an amount is promised and the one promising may have either set aside the amount until it can be given, or they may have promised an amount they knew they could give if they carefully planned over a period of time. But then when the time comes to actually give the money, either they've spent the money that was set aside on something else because it was just sitting there and they didn't want to wait any longer, or instead of following through with careful planning, they just kept going on along, procrastinating, making the changes that they needed in order to save the money, and now the gift is due and they don't have it. Paul is urging these people not to fall into anything like that, for their sake and for the sake of the gospel that they are proclaiming in how they are giving. After giving this specific instruction to be ready, Paul backs up and gives the general principle behind all giving, not just in this particular instance. This passage verses 6 through 15, gets twisted by the prosperity gospel teachers. Many false teachers have corrupted the gospel to insist that the only way to get your miracle or get your blessing is to give money to their ministry. They will call it sowing a seed of faith, and they're using the language found here to justify their greed. Now, just a side note, it isn't wrong to pray for healing or for God to help you to pay your bills. But understand that if there is no healing or if money doesn't just dropped in your lap, that doesn't mean God has failed or that you didn't sow a seed in the right way. The principle actually given here is just common sense. If you don't plant a lot of seeds, you aren't going to get a lot of plants. But this is a metaphor about the spiritual realm not about how to manipulate God into giving you money. Jump down to verses 10 to 11. Who provides the seed you sow? God does. What is the harvest that will be increased? A harvest of righteousness. We don't sow this seed for an earthly reward. We store up treasures in heaven. We don't do what we do for the temporary benefit, even when there is a temporary benefit. We do what we do to please God for his good purpose. This isn't a bargain you are making with God. You owe God everything. Everything you have is a gift from him anyway. So anything we are generous with is his anyway, and we are to steward the resources of our master well, as we see in the parables of Jesus, for example, in Matthew 25. In verse 9 here, Paul quotes from Psalm 112, verse 9, and the context of that psalm is about fearing the Lord and delighting in His commands. That, ladies, is where all the good flows from, in obeying and loving God and all His commands, knowing you have nothing to fear from God, because you are covered by His Son, and that you truly do love Him and demonstrate it in your obedience and sanctification. When we give generously, we will be enriched in every way. For what end? To be generous in every way, which will in turn end in many thanksgivings to God. We do receive blessing from our giving, not necessarily material blessings, but the primary importance is that God is glorified and honored in our giving. Every time we give of ourselves, our time, our money, our ability, 
our hospitality, and we do so to the glory of God, we are blessed by our giving. We have the opportunity to minister to other brothers and sisters and to the world in our lives, and in our giving of our resources and ourselves, and through all of that, God gets the glory, and thanksgiving goes to Him. Again, remember who you are representing to both the world and the body of Christ. Your submission to obey what God calls you to do, because of the hope that you have because of Christ's sacrifice on your behalf, it glorifies God. It showcases Him. You become the hands and feet of Christ. He invites us to participate in these practical ways for the edification of the body and the spread of the gospel. And those who benefit from what you have done will praise God for you and for working through you as well. And it is that which Paul gives thanks for at the end of this section. He gives thanks to God for his inexpressible gift. The gift that leads to these generous hearts and lives, to their union and fellowship among believers who will likely never meet on this side of heaven. It all circles back to God, to the gift, to the ultimate generous gift of his Son. His example leads the way for us all and gives us no room to boast in ourselves and our generosity. Paul boasts on their behalf, but he boasts in them because of the work God has done in them to make them his. That's the source of this generosity. Our eager giving deepens our own experience of God's grace, which sets the heart free from a grasping fixation on money. In this way, we are able to sow even more generosity toward others, reaping a harvest of righteousness, as we see here. So decide what you are going to give in your heart between you and God, not because someone else has decided you should give what you are giving, not giving reluctantly. God loves a cheerful giver, one who gives to honor God with a clear conscience. Here's the thing. God will give you the grace to make these decisions without a compulsion or reluctancy on your part, if you ask him to. It may take God changing your heart to help you to be able to give cheerfully. God will provide what you need, and we are right to pray that he will provide for what we need, but be careful not to elevate your wants to the status of needs. A song that the Gettys sing has a line in it that always strikes me regarding this. It says, Teach me, Lord, to walk this road, the road of simple living, to be content with what I own and generous in giving. And when I cling to what I have, please rest it quickly from my grasp. I'd rather lose all the things of earth to gain the things of heaven. Sometimes we need God to wrest the things of earth from our hands so that we may see him and focus on eternity. Giving and administering of money well and for God's glory is not mundane or unspiritual, but the very giving and administration of the money honors God. When we realize that everything we have is a gift from God, we realize that God has given us what we have and has entrusted it to us not for us to be miserly or stingy with what he has given us, but for us to use it wisely and carefully for his glory. We don't always know clearly what this looks like. Sometimes it's very hard to discern where we should give our resources. We need to be careful to make sure our giving is in line with scripture. Be as sure as you can that your money is going somewhere that you can be confident being associated with. Be careful to know how the money will be put to use in practical ways to be sure that the ones receiving the money are concerned about stewarding that money to the glory of God. This is something you learn over time. 
There are those in my life who I've, I've learned not to just give money to. If they have a specific need of a specific amount, for example, to pay a bill, I may contact the place that they owe the money to, for example, the utility company, and pay the bill, but I won't just give the person the money because they cannot be trusted to use the money as intended, and they will often spend it on frivolous things. So again, we help where we can, but we do so wisely. But administrating money is not unimportant. It's very important. So often we dismiss the bean counters in our churches, but that role is one that has a lot of responsibility with it, and we need to understand that and make sure that those bean counters know what they are doing and are careful with what is entrusted to them. And we need to be encouraging them in their very often thankless task. Everyone has ideas about how any church should spend its money. Being the one to make the decisions and to be sure that the bills get paid is not an easy job. So be careful who's in that job and honor those who do that to the glory of God. So today, ladies, consider how you view money and giving in the body of Christ. Do you see it as a detestable or distasteful act? Is it a necessary evil? Ask God to help you to see it as not only useful and necessary, but also as honoring to God. Ask Him to help you to see how money, stewarded rightly, is used to glorify God and to grow the body of Christ. Ask Him to help you have a right view of money and sacrificial giving, and not to think that your giving somehow entitles you to something you want, but ask Him to help line your heart up with His economy, with His will, and His heart. And ask Him to help you to see if you have an idol created that needs to be toppled. It's so easy to have idols we don't even realize. And money is, sadly, a sneaky one. Above all, thank God for the opportunity to give of your resources for His glory and purposes in the body and in the world. Ladies, you'll find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com, Day 15, Giving for the Glory of God.